Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. This is episode 35. And yet again, well, actually, I don't think I'm actually going to be talking about the Canucks all that much this this week because, um, yeah, it's now an Islander situation. So we're going to be talking about the Islanders. We got some hockey uh, contract extensions. We got some injury news. We got Vegas news. And the main topic of this week's show, I'm going to look at the. We're going to do a grading of the other, the Atlantic divisions and the Central division. Just to give a little uh, report card look uh, mid-season, basically, and see how everybody is doing so far. But um, before we get into all the gradings and stuff, let's start out with the Bo Horvat extension. So it happened. Bo Horvat extended. He gets an eight-year, $8.5 million per season. Oh my goodness. That's... um. That'll be a problem, but not for right now. Uh, the really funny thing about this is that Lou Lamorello, the GM of the Islanders, came out and said he admits that he paid too much and that it is too long. So uh, that's not good. That's not a good thing. And just another reason why I think Lou is kind of uh, winding down his career here. Uh, it just kind of seems that way, man. It just seems like maybe his his style is kind of going out of fashion, if you will, but... um. Yeah, he gets the extension done. Uh, I really had no worries that he wouldn't get the extension done. Now, if I was an Islanders fan, I would have been worried that he would have gotten this extension done and and all this because, oh man, it's such a, such a gamble for the Islanders to do this. I mean, um, $8.5 million for Bo Horvat, a guy that up until this year has basically been a 50, uh, maybe a 60-point player. Uh, maybe a 30-goal guy, and this year, <clears throat> absolutely crushing those numbers. I mean, he's already he's already at, like, season highs already, and he's still got a basically a third of the season left to go. Now, how much damage is he going to do in the island? Uh, I think he's only played one game so far. He didn't get any points or anything. Played fine. Decent on face-offs, so that's really good. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't have, like, the highest expectations for Bo, Hor- Bo Horvat to light it up over there in the island. And honestly, I don't, like, There's there might have to be more moves done for the Islanders. I just don't think Bo Horvat alone uh, may be enough for them to get in there. But it could very well be the spark that that team needs to uh, boost them into the playoff spot. It's going to be a very, very interesting race to see what goes down with that wild card spot. Because there's a lot of teams fighting for you got... You got the Pittsburgh Penguins are still in there. Washington's fighting. Uh, the Islanders are in there still. And, uh, yeah, you got teams like Buffalo and stuff that are still uh, being threatening around there. They're, they're, and Buffalo's got um, a shitload of cap space. They got, um, yeah, man, they got a lot of options. So Buffalo is someone to watch out for. But, yeah, with the Islanders... I mean, uh, it makes the deal overall look better now that it's not just a straight-up rental, so that helps out. If they they didn't get him signed and uh, he just walked at the end, that, that would have been a lot of assets given up for a rental. And like I said last week, if they didn't make the playoffs and you paid all that for a rental and it didn't even get you the playoffs, I mean, disastrous. That, that would probably be the final nail in the coffin for Lou, uh, in my opinion. I know he's legendary, but goddamn, the guy's like... 9,000 years old. It's insane. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's still too early to tell who wins this deal on paper. Yeah, I'm going to say that um, the Islanders win the deal today, but I have a very strong suspicion that 
within a year or two or so, you'll we'll be looking back on this deal and being like, oh yeah, the Vancouver Canucks did pretty well on this deal. They're gonna get a, they got a first round pick, uh, Ratty or any or whatever people have been freaking out about his name all week, how to say it and shit. Who cares? Um, yeah, he I I think he could turn into something. It's still like I said, it's just way too early to tell. I don't like when people grade trades like right away. I mean, the PK Subban Shea Weber trade. Uh, everyone freaked out about that one. They're like, oh my god, Montreal got absolutely sent to the cleaners. But you look back on that deal, I think in the end, Montreal did better. I mean, or they both did fine. Like I'll, overall, I just don't think it was it was blown way out of the proportion. And in the end, it was kind of just a a, a deal that was overall pretty good for both. I mean, Nashville got a good run at a PK. I think basically New Jersey is the one that got the raw end of the deal here. They got they kind of got the. Uh, well past his prime, too hurt really to play anymore P.K. Subban. But I think Nashville and Montreal both kind of got what they were looking for. Nashville went to the finals that year, they didn't win, and then Montreal went on their weird finals run, didn't win, but, you know, it, it was fine. Anyway, um, yeah, so Bo Horvat, that extension's way too long. It's a lot of money. I think it's, I think it's, I thought maybe Lou could have gotten it down a little bit more. I think it's pretty wild that he's making more. I think it's more than JT Miller is making. I mean, JT Miller put up 99 points last year. Yeah, he sucks at defense, but 99 points. I mean, I don't know, man. I could see um, if if he even remains on in New York Islanders. That's the other thing. Like people are saying that uh, Lou could very well uh, trade Bull Horvat again at the trade deadline. He could move on. He could trade him again to someone else. If, uh, if he thinks that maybe the Islanders aren't going to make it, they can pull the shootout from underneath and, and send off Bull Horvat, which that would be very, very interesting. That'd be really cool to see something like that go down. I, I'd be down to see that, but, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, I just don't, I don't see that going very well in the future. And especially Lou coming out and saying like, oh yeah, it's way too long and it's way too much money, but yeah, and I, I have to ask, like, it seems that maybe we might be seeing the end of the eight-year deal. There's a possibility that they um, they lower the max contract uh, to pos- – I, I have no idea, like, this is true, but I think it would be really cool. Well, not really cool. I mean, players would be very upset about this, but if they turn down the max contract down to five years, I mean, I, I look at it as kind of being like – uh, it's not good for the players. I mean, they're losing that security and and stuff like that. But I don't know, man. It seems that maybe it would be saving the GMs in the long run because they signed so many of these eight-year deals. And a lot of them just don't pan out very well. I look at, you know, San Jose has a ton of those eight-year deals that just aren't very good. And, um, yeah, I think uh, maybe going down to five would be decent because uh, not too long ago, uh, GMs were just going nuts. They were signing 12-year deals, 14-year deals. I, I forget what the Kovalchuk one was. I think it was it was something stupid. It was way. It was just an outrageous amount of years and money. A hundred million dollars given out to Ilya Kovalchuk, and he only played like two or three of the seasons that he signed for like 17 years or some shit. Just outrageous. Um, yeah, it basically all comes down. The longer you can get, the more years you can give them, the lower that per per year number will go down. So, for example, if if Lou signed Bo Horvat to a five-year deal, more than likely he'd be asking for like nine and a half per, just so that he can get closer to that total number, that $68 million or whatever he's getting. But, um, 
Yeah, man, I I like it more to uh, like the NBA. I believe their max is like what three, four, or five years with the bird years or something like that. Regardless, it's way way less, and it just gives you more. I don't know, more movement in the league makes things a little bit more interesting. Now, I understand that people really like their eight year deals on their guys. It's like, oh man, I would like we would have all liked if Matthew signed an eight year deal instead of that five year deal because yeah, that would have uh, made a lot of us sleep easier, but. I don't know, man. There's just, I feel the eight-year deal gets handed out more often than not to people that probably shouldn't be getting eight-year deals. I think eight-year deals should be legitimately reserved for your ultra-mega stars, your franchise players, your Ovies, your Sidney Crosbys, your Matthews, stuff like that. Now, I mean, I I personally would not give Bo Horvat an eight-year deal. Like, it's just, no, it's just not going to work out. Like, I'm nervous because, like, I just can't see Bo Horvat getting, putting up the numbers that he did this year, next year. Like, it's just going to be a really, I think it's going to be a tough eight years for Bo Horvat. There's gonna, it's just going to all be on that contract talk. So, anyway, it's good. He gets his money, and now he's out of the Canadian market. So, there's a lot of benefits for Bo Horvat, unless he gets traded right back into a Canadian market. That would be hilarious, but mean. Anyway, so there you go. That is the Bo Horvat extension. I mean... Uh, yeah, it got done, man. It got done. It's not the only extensions that got done this week. I mean, Buffalo getting the work done right now. They're getting, they got Dylan Cousins extended seven years, $7.1 million per season. This is a very, very trendy contract these days. I mean, Matthew Boley just signed his and others. I mean, there's other guys that are signing deals very similar to that. Cole Caulfield looks like he's going to sign a deal like that. And that's, you know, I don't think it, honestly, I don't think it's all that much of a new trend. I, I was thinking the other day, like, isn't this just kind of the same deals that Edmonton was handing out back in the day? I mean, Taylor Hall, 6x6, six six, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 6x6. Six six. It seems like this is just kind of the next level of that. Now they're just going to 7x7s seven sevens for these younger, first-round, highly talented young players. And uh, I'm fine with it. I think for the most part, it's a very... It's a worthwhile gamble. Some of these, yes, may not pan out. I mean, I feel very strongly about Boldy. I think that one's going to be just dandy. This cousin one, I don't know, makes me worry a little bit. Just, um, I mean, he's having a really good season. Don't get me wrong. He, he really is. But I think that's a little too, like, I don't know. I just don't think he's up there with Matthew Boldy. And, I mean, Tage Thompson's in or around that number as well, right, on a sweetheart deal. But... In the long run, man, it makes a lot of sense for Buffalo. They have a ton of cap space. They have a lot of young players. And a lot of them so far, it looks like they're doing a really good job here building a team with security. They got young players in there locked in for what could be like in the near future. These A lot of those deals could be absolute bargains. We're looking at Tage Thompson's contract already as one of the best bargains in the league. So who knows? Maybe this Cousins one turns out to be another amazing deal for them I'm, I'm looking at this guy I don't know man he could be somewhere in around like a 30-30 guy like 30 goals 30 assists something like that so far so good for him he's having a really nice season and uh yeah I just get a I get a little bit nervous when teams start handing out all the contracts and all the money uh it just I just seems that some players once they get that security they get their money they get their contract 
the play kind of settles down. They get a little complacent. They get a little comfy. And um, sometimes that uncomfort, uncomfortable levels, that's what brings out the best of players. I mean, we look at Bo Horvat. He's got, well, up until he had his contract. He didn't have a contract, didn't really know what his future was. So he was playing his heart out because he wants to get that money. So, um, yeah, it's um, it kind of it's kind of nice when you see a team that has a few of those guys on there because you know that they're going to be playing their hearts out for that next contract. But when you got a guy that's signed into a long-term deal, he's, he's got really nothing to worry about for a long time, right? So as long as that level of play continues with Buffalo, I mean, the future looks very, very bright. Now, me as a Leaf fan over here, I am I got my eye on y'all, Buffalo. Like, I'm, I'm looking at the way that that team is coming along right now. And yeah, dude, that looks like that could be a potential problem in the near future that buffalo sabers team i mean owen power kid looks fucking so good for how he's eight he's like 18 years old and he looks so good out there already like i can't wait to see what this guy's going to be in four years from now like who knows this guy could legitimately become like a lidstrom like he just looks so so like solid there defensively he looks very very comfortable so that's really good and um yeah, so Buffalo right now has a lot of money available. I mean, they could literally go out right now and, and trade for Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and, and they'd be fine. They, they'd be able to fit those two guys on their on their team with uh, minimal effort. I mean, well, not minimal effort, but you know what I mean. I mean, it wouldn't, wouldn't be as hard for them to acquire those two players as it would be for other teams in the league. But yeah, dude, Buffalo is looking really scary right now. I'm liking the way that that team is getting constructed right now. Things are looking really, really good. And uh, yeah, you just kind of have to wait and see, <clears throat> keeping an eye on them for sure right now because they, they could very well make the playoffs. And then once they're in there, who fucking knows what's going to happen? It's going to be a lot of fun for them, that's for sure. And then the Washington Capitals were also up to a bit of uh, extending news, throwing out some dollar dollar bills, throwing out a five by five extension for Dylan Strome. There you go. I almost forgot his name there for a second. Uh, five years, five million dollars per season. I mean, yeah, it's. It's fine. Um, I think it's a smart move for the Capitals. I mean, uh, the future of Backstrom is, I don't know, it feels like it's still a little bit foggy. He's back, but I don't know. It doesn't look like he's Nick Backstrom anymore. Kuznetsov's still there. He's still a solid number one, two center on that team right now. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense for Strom. Uh, five years might be a little bit much, but I don't know. He seems to fit in there pretty well, and uh, they seem to like him quite a bit. So I'm okay with that. And then they also extended Sonny Milano, who, honestly, I'm not going to lie, kind of forgot that he was over there. I'm happy to hear that he he's he's now got himself a job in Washington, and he gets a three-year extension worth a total of uh, 1.9. Or it might be 1.9 per season. Regardless, three-year deal uh, for Sonny Milano, that's awesome. I mean, he was really, it really was um, kind of a, uh, 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 what do you call it, a greasy, I don't know, kind of a, a hard situation for him over the last uh, year here. Uh, he looked like he found a home in Anaheim next to Trevor Zegris, and then they kind of just let him, they let him go. And I, I was really confused by that. I was like, damn, he seemed to be a really good fit there. Other teams were checking him out in the in the preseason, and uh, it didn't seem like it, he was finding a spot. Then he found a spot in Washington, and now it looks like he's found a home, and he's going to be there for the next three years. So that's really nice for Sonny Milano. Good for him. I uh, I like that because uh, he just seems like a good play, like a good fun. I don't know, just a cool guy, man. I don't know. I like his name. His name is awesome. Speaking of awesome, I will shout out Jamie Ben. He played his one thousandth game this week. I mean. 
I've always loved Jamie Benn. I know he's a greasy player and stuff, but those are my... I really like those players, the ones that basically power forwards. I just really like a good power forward. Someone that can hit, score, fucking rough you up, and uh, yeah, not not to be fucked around with. And uh, yeah, I just like a player that can kind of hit all categories, just does a little bit of everything. And I mean, damn, Jamie Benn has rebounded very, very well this season. He's kind of bad, like best, best I've seen Jamie Benn play in quite a few seasons. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm a, I'm a big fantasy, yeah, uh, excuse me, fantasy hockey Jamie Benn guy. He's an, he's a really good fantasy asset. Gets hits. It's a lot of categories. Regardless, uh, I generally have this guy on my team every single year. And uh, glad I've gladly picked this guy up on waivers this season. He's been money ever since. And yeah, what a great season for Jamie Ben. Really needed that season for him and Sagan as well. Both guys on those big contracts uh, have not. <laughs> they've been called out once or twice by the GM for underperforming for the amount of money that they're making, and they've both been great this year. I, you know, maybe I mean just Tyler Sagan maybe still not quite up there, but Jamie Ben, yeah, man, the captain of your Dallas Stars, looking really good. One thousand games, congratulations on that, and. Um, Let's talk about okay. This one, this this news came to me today, and I know that the Calgary Flames and I are still kind of like in uh, non-talking terms because y'all have been, have been uh, just disappointing me on levels that uh, you know, like oh oh eight oh nine Leafs level of disappointment, Boston Bruins game seven levels of disappointment, stuff like that. Um, but I do need to say that uh, Rasmus Anderson had a bit of a day. Uh, he was spending the day in Detroit riding around on a scooter i don't know if this thing was motorized if it was a straight i don't know what kind of scooter we're talking about here but it was a scooter riding around detroit going for a little team din din gonna have some good eats gets hit by a car how you doing welcome to detroit bam hit by a car uh he goes to the hospital he's a little bit shaken up but he was released he seems to be doing okay and um yeah he's he's as of right now listed as day-to-day for the calgary flames and uh yeah arguably right now maybe their best defenseman on the team throughout the year he's been having a nice season and yeah i did not like hearing that he got hit by a car he's on my fantasy team he's one of my like i said one of my more consistent defensemen on in the lineup but um yeah dude that's that's scary i mean that's um not something i would like if if you're you're on a scooter regardless you have uh very minimal safety on a scooter getting hit by a car he was probably fucking launched hit the ground pretty hard so anyway it's a scary situation that could have been way 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 worse man like i think back to how many times have we heard of of terrible motorcycle accidents man so you know guys getting paralyzed careers over death even so yeah um i'm just glad that rasmus anderson is okay and i'm um, just glad it wasn't something way worse it could have been so just um yeah just keep your eyes open out there y'all you know um the roads are really dangerous just always have a uh look twice before you do shit okay so just um yeah just a little uh, psa look the fuck out out there especially if you're in detroit riding a scooter um, speaking of, uh, take, uh, looking out for yourself, uh, that's a fucked up transition, but we'll, I'll run with it. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights placing, uh, Mark Stone on LTIR, so this is, this is pretty big because, uh, now, I mean, it's big, it's big for many reasons. It's bad, it's horrible news for the Vegas Golden Knights, losing 
again, arguably their most important player right there in Mark Stone. I mean, he's an amazing two-way player. So very, 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 very talented. I still think he's underrated, honestly. I still don't think people talk about him enough. But uh, he gets placed on LTIR, dealing with some back stuff, man. And, and oh, I hate hearing about that. I, th- I believe he has to go get back surgery, which fucking sucks. And, um, yeah, back surgery is really bad, y'all. It's, it's really bad. Uh, chances of Mark Stone ever kind of being the player that he was prior to the surgery that he's going to have, quite slim. I mean, back surgeries are very, very serious business. So um, all the best to Mark Stone. I mean, I, I hope the best for him. He's a f- phenomenal player. I, I'm a big fan of his. I uh, just want him to get back onto the ice healthy as soon as possible. But don't rush anything. It's, uh, you know, you got you got a lot of life to live after hockey. So you got to start thinking about that kind of stuff. But um, in terms of the silver lining, I guess, if you will, for this, for the Vegas Golden Knights, they get to place that money onto LTIR so they're going to free up a bunch of money that they can play around with a little bit here so and in Vegas fashion man I I fully expect them to go out and do something bananas they're going to pick up somebody man they have to they really have they've been struggling mightily they've been nose diving in the standings they're just I think they're like two six and two over the last 10 so yeah they're struggling struggling really badly injuries have been a problem uh, goaltending seems to be failing them a little bit right here. That was a big old question mark coming into the season. And, uh, yeah, man, it's it's looking pretty rough right now for the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, it's been looking not very Vegasy over the last couple seasons here. I mean, Eichel showing up, I mean, that was, that was awesome and everything. But has it really paid off for them so far? No, not really. Um, I mean, I, I'm fine with Jack Eichel and everything. I think the guy gets way too much hate and all that stuff, but... Um, yeah, dude, it's, it's rough, right? Rough tidings right now for Vegas. They got, they're going to have to go out and do something. I mean, uh, St. Louis has got a lot of things for sale over there. Does any of those pieces really do anything for the Vegas Golden Knights? I mean, Tarasenko, eh, yeah, I mean, that's nice and everything. Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, no, I don't really think like, yeah, that'd be nice to have the defense, but the offense just doesn't seem to be there this year for Ryan O'Reilly. He's been hurt. Tarasenko's been hurt. So like, I don't know what the Vegas Vegas Golden Knights are going to go out and get. All I know is that they're one, they're without question, they're going to go out and have to, they're going to do something. That's their mantra. That's the way that Vegas operates. They're going to go out and get something. They're going to do something. They're going to move assets. They're Something's going to get done. Don't know what it's going to do. And I honestly don't think whatever they're going to go out and do is they may be able to make the playoffs still. They might be able to band-aid that one up just enough that they can squeeze into the playoffs. I mean, they're still in it. They're not out, but uh, trending, they're very not doing good. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to have to do something to get in there, but I, I uh, just don't think they're going to be doing... They're not going to be that real big threat that they have been in the playoffs the last few seasons. So, yeah, I'm not too worried about Vegas in the playoffs. I don't have to be all that worried about them in the playoffs. Um, Leafs aren't in the West, but regardless, yeah, that's um, that's a team to look out for to uh, make a pretty big splash here at the trade deadline pr- or prior to would be the Vo- Vegas Golden Knights and the other team being Carolina. So they have also put match- Max Pacioretty on LTIR, so that is going to free up more money for the Carolina Hurricanes, and they have more money to play with than the Vegas Golden Knights. And Rod Brindamore basically came out, and they're like, yeah, we're we're going to get something. Like, we got to go out and get something. The, the, the loss of Pacioretty was 
just a huge fucking blow to the Carolina Hurricanes. That was a major part of their plan to have this guy injected into the lineup for back half of the season into the playoffs. And he was doing well. Like, he was doing really well. He had, like, three goals in four games or something. He And, and he was rusty, like... Rod Brindaboard said, "Like, oh, dude, like he's he wasn't even like up to speed yet, and he was he was already doing that well. So, could have we could have like who knows what Patrietti could have done once he got the rust off and started getting more comfortable into the Carolina system. Guy could have been just ripping it up, but sadly that's not going to be the case. So they're gonna have to go out and get someone uh, again." Throw out those names. You got your Tarasenko's and stuff like that. Carolina could very well be in the market for someone like that. They can do that. They have the assets to do it. They have the cap space. So pretty much a guarantee that the Carolina Hurricanes are going to add at the deadline. Hopefully, I would. I prefer if a team knows they're going to add, just add what you're going to add as soon as possible. Get them into the system and just get everything figured out. Don't wait to the last second. But then again, there is that. A little bit of uh, if you wait long enough, you might be able to get a good deal out of a team. If you if you go early, you might pay a little bit more. If you're if you're if you have the right amount of patience, you might be able to outweight a seller long enough that they'll sell it to you for a lower price, or vice versa. If you wait too long, then maybe you end up paying a little bit more. So again, there's just so many var- variables when it comes to making trades. I do not envy GMs or anyone out there who has to make these trades. Can't be easy, but uh, yeah, I would be. Definitely expecting the Carolina Hurricanes to go out and add something, a, a pretty big piece, I would say, like a top six forward for sure, I, I would say is in the future for the Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, yeah, man, I guess before we do the, okay, let's talk, let's quickly talk about the All-Star break. I didn't watch any of the skills, don't really care about it. All I heard is that everything, it just wasn't good, man. It just wasn't good. Uh, empty seats in Florida, really looking bad for the league. And, um, yeah, just the overall morale or, I guess, motivation for the All-Star game is uh, very, 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 very low. Except for guys like, I don't know, I, th- I thought Crosby and Ovi were having a, were pretty good out there. The only thing, I watched the final game or whatever of the All-Star game, Atlanta versus Metro or some shit. I don't know. It was the, the Marner team versus the Crosby team, and it was semi-entertaining, you know? It wasn't bad. Had it on the background while I was in the bubble bath, and, like, it was fine. You know, I wasn't throwing up, wasn't angry at it. Marner was lighting it up. Dylan um, Dylan Larkin was trying very, very hard to win a car, and he would not stop mentioning how much he loved playing with, with Marner. Uh, no, we don't want you here over in, in Toronto unless you want to take a massive discount. Just saying, we'll take you for a discount, but I'm not. We're not giving you eight and a half, nine million dollars, Dylan. You're crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, man, the All Star Game, as as predicted, was very boring, very just not entertaining, really. I mean, if you watched it and you liked it, that's fine, that's great. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea. I've watched a handful of them. Some of them had moments. I mean, um, I'll always go back and think about the draft with Phil Kessel. That was an amazing moment. The John Scott thing, that was amazing. Carey Price in the shootout competition when he was mic'd up, he was really, really funny. Those were some of the things I really enjoyed. And uh, yeah, honestly, I had no, no plans on watching any of it. I had, I was not hyped up about it. I honestly could care less. The whole all-star voting thing is a joke. The, the players that don't get to go there and it's just all bad. It's just not good. And, um, yeah, next year they're going to have it in Toronto. I feel that they'll probably have a really good show. Should be fun. 
good chance that they will somehow maybe be able to revitalize it somehow. That will be probably their best opportunity to do it. I mean, yeah, man, it is what it is. It's just not that fun. Players don't want to be there. They're not interested in it at all. It's just, yeah, there's... I mean, it's it's been talked about so much this week. I just, I really don't have much to add to it other than, yeah, it's boring. It's not fun. And do better. I mean, this is kind of a joke, but... Yeah, if you watched it, you liked it, cool. I didn't watch it, and um, I feel like I didn't miss a goddamn thing. So that's basically how what I'll leave with the All-Star game. There's not much to be said about it. It's not that important. It really doesn't matter. It was just a break for me. I was like, oh, cool. I can. Uh, I don't have. To, I don't watch hockey this week, and I could fill that time up with something else. And I really didn't want to fill it up with a really very long apparently the skills or whatever is like three fucking hours like oh my god get the hell out of here no thank you so um yeah if anyone watched it and you want to say anything about it hit me up with an email and yeah man that's all that's all good yeah another pretty lame all-star game but i i will admit i am semi excited for for it to come back to toronto it has been like over 20 years i think it was 2000 was the last time they had one in toronto so I know everyone who isn't a Toronto fan hates it, but whatever, man. I mean, I they, I can't, I can't help that they're they got fans, man. It's it's not their fault. But anyway, there's the All Star Game. So I guess now that we're on the topic topic of Toronto, let's just quickly talk about uh, some of the Leaf stuff over the last week since well they haven't fucking played a game since that Boston game. So they lost to Boston. I mean, kind of predictably so. The game. Yeah, it kind of went the way that I was sort of expecting. I mean, first period was really good. Samsonov was making a lot of good saves. He looked good. And I really like that lately Samsonov has been catching teams on those on those big line changes. He'll just fire down a big pass right up the middle and he catches them on the on the change and it's worked a couple times. It caught him caught Boston in this game. They got scored on during uh on that one bunting throughout this game, man. Let's just stop and talk about bunting for a hot second. So Bunting needs to calm the fuck down a little bit because um, he's 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 honestly he's going like over cadre levels of of pissing referees off and it sucks that I have to like this is how it has to work it's like oh like stop trying so hard because referees are are you know they're babies too and they don't like they just don't like guys that are extremely competitive and trying to get calls and stuff like that so if you're doing too good of a job then they'll stop drawing like letting you draw calls and and now bunting's getting very very mouthy we remember the referee pushing bunting off the ice to get him the hell out of there you know stuff we haven't seen before so clearly the referees are very well aware of bunting they clearly talk about him they probably have little referee meetings all about bunting like oh let's make sure we don't give this guy any calls because because he yelled at me once and he said that i look like a piece of swiss cheese and i didn't like that i cried for seven days anyway referees clearly have bunting on the radar and uh yeah honestly he's just getting more and more frustrated and i i at any point now i feel like he's gonna punch a referee in the face and that'll be the end of his career but yeah i guess uh for the sake of the team and for the sake of just the team yeah just i need we need bunting to calm down because referees are gonna just stop giving us calls and that's just gonna hurt the team in the long run and more so in the playoffs where the leafs already don't get the calls in the playoffs so uh yeah we're gonna need bunting to tone it back a little bit kind of just stay off the radar for a while and hopefully stay out of sight out of mind keep the make the referees forget about you a little bit maybe someone else on the team can step up and become that guy 
for a little bit and uh yeah it sucks because this this always happens we get a guy that's really good at drawing calls like Kadri was and then they get too good at drawing calls and referees just stop giving it to them it's like come on man like it it's it's so dumb man it's just another fucking added to the pile of things why the NHL is never going to succeed as a league but Anyway, uh, yeah, we get, we're gonna need Bunting to just uh, settle it down just a little bit here. That would be that would be great, Bunting. Just I love you, buddy. I love you. I love your fieriness. Like I I I love it. It's just that I've seen this this thing go down before, and uh, yeah, it doesn't end well for the Leafs. Uh, uh, there was a fight in that Boston game. Wayne Simmons was in that game. He fought Greer. That was a pretty good fight. Pretty one-sided fight. Wayne uh, kind of beat the shit out of him. But then the Bruins beat the shit out of the Leafs in the back half of that game. So, yeah, it is what it is. Leafs lose. Boston wins 5-2. to There you go. I'm not. I'm clearly not mad about it at all. I'm not mad at it at all. So, let's move on from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we'll do now the report carding for the rest of the team so in the last episode i went and did the uh, nope we did the pacific division i believe i hope so because if i didn't then we're going to be in trouble here so uh last episode i talked about the pacific this week we will do the central metro and atlantic hopefully as long as i don't run out of time so let's get into it let's start with the central dallas stars um yeah, very successful season for them. Coaching change seems to have done uh, pretty good for them. It revitalized Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. Robertson has uh, looked like he was up there with McDavid levels of production. He slowed down a little bit, but he's still a superstar in this league. Rupe Heinz, oh my god, I love that guy. He is so fucking good. Underrated. More people need to talk about this guy. Heskinen, Heskinen, whatever. He's been playing fantastic. The Ott man, Jake Ottinger, laying it down right now. I mean, he's not... He's not killing it. He's not like in the Vesna talks or anything like that, I would say. But very, very solid young goaltender. Future looks very bright for him. So rooting for him. I'm a fan of him. I, lo- I love a good young goaltender story. That's always good to see in the NHL. So yeah, man, Dallas has been doing well. Um, Pavelski contract extension seems uh, pretty smart. The Robertson one right now, I cannot believe he's only making that amount of money. Heskinen, that's he's locked in for a long time. Yeah, I think Dallas is doing pretty well right now. I mean, they're in first place in their division in the Central. They're they're ahead of the the second place Winnipeg Jets by five points. Um, yeah, their differentials are good. I mean, the only problem is, is that they're losing a lot of games in overtime, which. Yeah, you don't like to see. I mean, the the benefit of that is that there is not any three-on-three overtime in the playoffs, so they don't have to worry about that. They're a pretty damn strong five-on-five team. So I will give the Dallas Stars a solid A-. They're doing just dandy. Add a little bit at the deadline if they can. I'm not 100% sure on their cap uh, restrictions and and all all that. I I imagine it's quite tight because I recall that it was a tight a tight situation uh re-signing Robertson and Ottinger in the offseason so I imagine they don't have a whole hell of a lot to play with but if they can add some depth add some depth and maybe maybe something at goaltender if they're still a little bit nervous there I believe they're still running with Ottinger and Wedgwood maybe they can move Hudobin out or something don't know if that's really going to do a whole hell of a lot for them but yeah Dallas is doing just dandy right now they're kind of just waiting for the playoffs I would say and now we move on to the Winnipeg Jets, who are having, a again, a little bit of a surprising bounce back, I guess, because they didn't really do anything in the offseason other than changing the coaching up. Paul Maurice is out. They had Lowry there for a little bit, and now they have who they have, which is a guy that I 
Um, they have a guy there. I think he was the former Dallas coach or whatever. Anyway, the new coaching thing seems to have worked well for them as well, which is nice. And, um, Hellebuck has been incredible. I mean, oh my God. Uh, Hellebuck, one of the most consistent, best goalies in the league. I mean, he's always in that Vesna conversation. Very, very consistent goalie. And uh, yeah, maybe he played a little bit down last season, but he was still very good last year. And this year, back in that Vesna conversation for sure. He's been playing unbelievable. Though the Jets have been struggling a little bit lately, like uh, like a lot of teams. I mean, maybe this break is going to do a lot of good for them. So yeah, looking good. I mean, Morrissey has been unbelievable. What can I say about that guy that hasn't been said already for him this season? Unbelievable uh, season for him. He is blowing by all of his season highs already, and he's still got so much more to go. Shifley's been pretty good. Uh, Kyle Connor started slow, but doing well now. Dubois is playing very, very good for them right now. So uh, be interested to see what goes on with them. And uh, yeah, I think they're doing just fine. Uh, thankfully, they're the, the West is a little bit weaker right now, so uh, maybe the the struggles that they're going through right now isn't as bad as it could have been if maybe they're in the East or something right now. But yeah, Jets are doing just dandy. I will give them a B, uh, nice solid B. Maybe they can do something with that backup goal goaltending. Uh, big save, Dave uh, Riddick. Uh, not always the most. Uh, not the best guy you would want back there. Again, uh, just adding more depth would always is always going to be a benefit. You're always going to want to add some defensive depth would be a good thing for them. Colorado Avalanche. Okay, so they've had a hell of a season. They're now in third place in the Central, so that's really nice to see them back in, in there because, oh my goodness, have they ever gone through the ringer this season with the Stanley Cup hangover, the ridiculous amount of injuries. I mean, season turnover, no more Kadri, no more Kemper. And uh, yeah, I think with all of that said and done, with all the injuries that they're dealing with, no Landeskog all year, Makar in and out of the lineup, Nakushkin in and out of the lineup, McKinnon in and out of the lineup. Really, the only guy that's been there basically the whole season has been Rantanen. He's been destroying it this season. With all that, Colorado's still in the fight. I got to give them a B plus, man. They've, they've really held, um, they battled through uh, basically a sinking ship over there, and they've retained a lot of water. But they're 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 clearing out that water. The ship is starting to float again, and everything's starting to look a lot better for the Colorado Avalanche. They get back in the playoffs. Oh, buddy, look the fuck out. They're going to be very motivated. They seem very very motivated right now to just to make sure that they don't. You know, you don't want to be that team that wins the cup and then doesn't make the playoffs the next year. You don't want to be that statistic. And looks like Colorado will not rest at being that statistic. So they're crushing it right now. They're doing great. Uh, Gorgiev has been solid, very good for them. Um, honestly, I think maybe even a little bit better than I expected. He's been very good. Uh, I thought that was quite the gamble to go for in the offseason, but it's paid out for him so far. It looks good. So. Good job, Colorado. Minnesota Wild. Okay, so you guys um, doing better lately. Uh, the beginning of the season was a little bit rocky. You got Boldy signed for uh, next seven years after this. That looks good. Kaprizov is unbelievable. Goaltending has been... Um, uh, I'm not going to throw the controversial word out there. Not a goalie controversy. It just seems like... Flurry started out horrendous. It terrified me. Uh, he got it back together. And now Gustafson's playing quite nicely. So that'll basically be the uh, story with those two is like, which one of those two is going to start the playoffs 
I mean, you kind of have to go with Flurry regardless just because of that track record. But the short, the leash will be short, I would imagine, with Flurry. If he loses the first game, maybe two games, they'll probably go to Gustafson. So Gustafson's been good. Uh, Ryan Hartman, come on, bro. You got to find your fucking game, man. You are just, oh, he has been rough, 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 rough. Really rough the last while. I know he's dealing with injuries. He's coming back. He can't stay out of the penalty box. He got benched. Now he's back up on the top line with Kaprizov. Still really isn't getting anything done. So he needs to step up. I mean, Greenway, I was expecting more out of Greenway. Dumba, looks like he could get traded finally this year. Will this finally be the year? Who knows? It's been it's been on the block for like four years now. So maybe this will be the year that Dumba gets moved. And I mean, all things considering, man, Garen's done a pretty damn good job navigating these really, really choppy, tough waters that he has to go through with the, the buyouts of Parise and Sutter. So I think all things considering the team that he has on the ice with all that cap, fucking dead cat money, I'm, I'm going to give him a B. They're competitive. They're, they're a team that if only they had all that extra cap space, who knows how dangerous they would be with all that extra money and Kaprasov and all that stuff. But yeah, last year kind of seemed like um, everything came together. A lot of career years were, were displayed last year. I mean, uh, Zuccarello had a really good, I think he's, he's honestly doing even better this year. So Zuccarello, maybe the, the one outlier he is doing like even better. Kaprizov is Kaprizov. He's unfucking believable, but guys like Hartman, like I, what do you have? Like 37 goals last year? Like, yeah, really strong chance that he's never, ever going to get that again, but he's got to do more than what he's doing right now. So uh, yeah, it's going to be tough to see if they can do anything at the trade deadline. They're very, very tight with the cap. So uh, I just think it's really impressive that they've done what they've done with all that dead cap on them. So yeah, um, Nashville Predators. So basically uh, the Nashville UC Soros uh, because UC Soros is basically that whole entire team. I mean, they're they're very just mediocre. Uh, all around again another team that kind of had a lot of career years last year looking at Duchesne Ryan Johansson were both fucking out of out of control last year they're not quite on that level this year Yossi was un- almost hit 100 points last year he's great but he's not doing what he did last year Saros is doing everything that he can over there he's he's so freaking good but I don't know if he's going to be good enough all by himself, basically, to drag that team into the playoffs like he did last year, and he didn't even get to reap any of those benefits because he didn't even get to play a single game in the playoffs because he got hurt. So that sucks. Uh, Nashville, I'll give you a C because you're kind of just you're kind of just hanging on by war- wherever UC Soros will take you. That's kind of where it's going right now. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, it's it's tough with these teams that are kind of border like right around in the middle man that's just not a place i ever would want to be uh, as a gm it's it's the toughest spot to be because you got to make that decision it's like are we close are we are we almost there or are we just moving in the wrong direction we just got to tear it down and rebuild it so um it kind of looks like that may be the case for nashville but yeah and i mean Janot has just had a snake bitten season still love that guy though but yeah he's not putting up the numbers that he did last season so he's having that really rough sophomore rookie season which is a shame because i'm a fan of his yeah yeah nashville i uh, don't think you guys are gonna make the playoffs but um yeah i mean i still like that team i always i love i like nashville because they're always that underdog team I, I i love me a good underdog but yeah it doesn't seem like it's going your way this season so far which sucks but it is what it is st louis blues okay so 
this team's not going to get a good score. Uh, expectations were fairly decent with them coming in. I know they lost Vili uh, Huso, which, yeah, that's a huge blow because he was a big reason why they were good last year whenever Bennington was going to shit the bed and maybe decide that he was going to try and be a UFC fighter for a little bit. It's fine. You fucking Vili Huso will go in the net. He'll cover you. He'll be just fine. He'll get us. He got to the Blues. Got the Blues to the playoffs. And now, uh, without that safety net... Not been so hot for the St. Louis Blues. I mean, they've been quite possibly the most up and down team. You got those insane winning and losing streaks that they were having earlier on. Um, and again, I'll go back to that argument where once players kind of get that security, they get their money, get their big contracts. I'm looking at you, Mr. Thomas, Mr. Cairo. I'm not saying that you guys are complacent, lazy players or anything, but not playing up to the levels that they were playing last season. In my opinion, I mean, I'm not watching a whole lot of them, just kind of going off of the numbers and, and their records. But, yeah, it doesn't look like it's going as well. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly fell off a cliff this season. That's been bad. Uh, he's been injured a lot. Tarasenko's been injured a lot. Yeah, man, there's been a lot of injuries going on with the Blues. Really taking a, a, a pr- quite the big step back to the point now it looks like they're just bonafide sellers. Going to be selling off Tarasenko. Going to be selling off Ryan O'Reilly. And yeah, it looks like the the party might be over here for St. Louis. I mean, they, they got your got your cup, got your cup in 2019. So you, you know you're always gonna you're gonna have that for like the next five years or so before that kind of that sprinkles that that magic dust sprinkles away, and then you could be really really angry again as a fan base. But right now, I mean, whatever. You still got that cup. It's all it's okay. So. You know, yeah, the Blues, they're they are going to get D. Uh, came in with some pretty good expectations, really just didn't live up to any expectations this year. Benner, oh man, what is going to happen with Bennington and, and his career? Are they ever, are they going to make that hard, that really hard decision that Blues fans probably don't want to talk about? Are, are they going to look at maybe moving on from Craig Berube? I mean, it, it, maybe, I don't know, man, so... The way that this season goes, it, it, it displays that this team is going to need a shift or some sort of change. So, yeah, uh, going to give the Blues a D. Has not been a good season for them. Arizona. So, Arizona came in with a game plan. They came in with a game plan. They're going to suck. They came in with the game plan that we're not going to have a real arena to play in. That's all okay. We're going to be on the road for a long time. We're going to, yeah, it's going to be a rough season. But, honestly, it's been better than expected. The arena, I know it's it's not an NHL arena, but better than expected. Um, Clayton Keller continues to put up points on a team that is terrible. So, he continues to impress me. He's really good. Chikrin, uh, they're doing a good job at at showing off this asset that they want to trade away, making him look like a million bucks. He comes back from injury. He's he's putting up big points. So if they can if they can nail the Chikrin trade, if they're gonna do it this season, they nail that. They get a good good return for that. I mean, they they nail the draft. They're doing a great job. They're doing exactly what they, they're supposed to be doing right now as a rebuilding team. There's a, a lot of options for them on the table to do more work before and at trade deadline at the draft. They got tons of draft picks. They got assets up the yin-yang. They got cap space up the yin-yang. So there's a lot of teams that they can pry some extra picks away from, maybe an asset or two. So Arizona's in a good spot right now for a rebuilding team. Now, in terms, I'm going to grade them as a rebuilding team because that's what they are. That's what they know they are. They're doing a good job. I'll give them a B. 
doing good. They can now if they get a Connor Bedard, boom, you're now now you're up to that A, and you guys are off and running, looking good. Uh, what they're going to do with Carl Vomelka will be interesting. I think pers- uh, that's that's a really tough one because, like, man, he's a good goalie. He's kind of getting you wins that you you kind of don't want this season. But oh man, he's good. So I don't know. They could. There are some things on their team that they could move, uh, like Chikrin, like Vomelka, maybe Schmaltz, something like that. Uh, yeah, man, I think I think they're doing a good job for rebuilding. Uh. Now the team that was scientifically created in a lab this season to be horrible, the Chicago Blackhawks. And my God, have they ever been incredible at sucking ass this year. They are sucking super ass. Like, in 49 games, they have won 15 of them. So they're sucking major ass. Win points percentage of a point three five seven minus 59 in the goals against differential. So they've allowed 59 more goals than they scored. Horrible team. All they got to do now is just figure out what they're doing with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Do you want to try and now it's rather they're going to keep him, sign him to a small deal and then trade him next year uh, when he's healthy or something because Kane's dealing with something right now. He's hurt, not having a very good season. I mean, look at the team that he's on, but even for Patrick Kane standards uh, with all said and done with the team and everything, still a little bit low. But anyway, I just I don't think Kane is very motivated this year. Don't blame him. But if, uh, if they could nail the Kane-Taves trade, get a lot of good assets back, I mean, fuck. Uh, their chance, they got the best chance at Connor Bedard right now. It's not guaranteed. No, they can't, they can't do that. But they're doing the best job that they can to get the best odds to get this kid. So that said and done, they're guaranteed a top five pick, I would say, right? So with that said and done, I <laughs> uh, Max Domi has been a story. It looks like they're even somehow kind of somewhat convincing players that this is a place you may want to stay Domi seems to love it there so that's interesting uh I I will give him a B as well um hard to go much higher than that uh because I mean they're a team that's designed to suck they're doing a good job at it I can't give them much higher than that because they haven't moved off of Kane and Taves yet there's other assets that they could move off of and uh yeah we'll just have to wait and see um Looks like adding Mrazek was under undercoveredly one of the greatest moves they could have made because he's just been fucking terrible and they've been terrible. So good job adding Mrazek to your team. That just really sunk the team really, really good. So that's hilarious. And there you go. That is the grading for the Central. Let's move on to the Atlantic, baby. Let's fucking do it. Let's just go in there. Boston Bruins. Oh God! So um, yeah, I'm not gonna shy away from the fact that I said I didn't, I didn't have them making playoffs this year. I know, throw your tomatoes, throw everything at me right now. Okay, you done? Okay, good. Um, yeah, so I didn't have the Bruins making the playoffs this year because of the fact that Bergeron was hurt, or I, I think he was hurt. Uh, Marshawn was hurt. McAvoy was hurt. A lot of their major defense was hurt. Krejci coming back hadn't played in the league in a year who knows uh, another year older for Bergeron uh, players around them like Taylor Hall and Coyle and uh, Craig Smith a lot of those guys that were like yeah they're like okay players Felino as well like they're good but it seems like all of them have stepped up another gear this year and they've all just really come together all playing so good together Allmark has been fucking unbelievable can barely barely loses a game uh, Lindholm has been an unbelievable addition for them uh, really stepped in for McAvoy while he was gone and absolutely Norris level during that time unbelievable 
uh, got him locked in for a really long time. And yeah, man, for the Bruins this year, this is 1000% their last dance and they know it. So uh, the way that they're going right now, they they could add some depth. That's about really all that they can do right now. With a team that's running this well, you don't really want to fuck with it too much, honestly. So uh, the best thing I think the Bruins could do is just add a little bit of depth, uh, cover their asses for any major injuries that could happen, and uh, just fucking go with it, I guess. So I begrudgingly have to give the Boston Bruins an A+. So there you go. So um, there you go. How's that sound? A fucking diehard Leaf fan that hates the Bruins as much as possible. I, I have to give them an A+. Plus. I have to. It's uh, It hurts. I honestly have goosebumps on my body right now. Just saying that, I, I feel dirty right now. I will go shower after this. But um, yeah, dude, they're fucking killing it. They're killing it. Bergeron won't stop. Uh, Marchand blows me away having double hip surgery. Double hip surgery. He's a hockey player. You need your hips. And he had double hip surgery. He comes back. He's better than fucking ever. Unbelievable. McAvoy comes back. He's he barely missed a fucking beat. Fucking Bruins, man. Yeah, they're on pace to possibly be the best regular season team of all time. Lost a couple here and there. It really doesn't matter. Um, only thing that they really got to worry about is when the playoffs start. Are they going to be playoff ready you know what i mean we think about the tampa bay lightning when they had a season similar to this entered the playoffs columbus swept them because columbus uh had been battling for the lives for the last month and a half or so and and tampa has been locked into a playoff spot for the last three months so the intensity levels were not up to par and i'm wondering if boston is going to have a harder time in that first round than maybe people are expecting them to so Yes, regular season's going incredibly for them. Everything has fucking hit. Krejci's been amazing for them. Uh, Zaka has been a good fit for them. Felino is back and, and, and firing. So what the actual fuck is going on with Boston? Now it is time for the for the moment you've all been waiting for. Your Toronto Maple Leafs, who uh, news just coming right onto my desk right now that I definitely have a desk in front of me. I promise. Uh, Connor Timmons has just signed a two year extension. I didn't see the financial deeds, but regardless, two year extension. That's fucking awesome, Connor Timmons, baby. Let's go. All right. So your Toronto Maple Leafs this season. Obviously, expectations through the roof roof for the Leafs this year. They gots to make it out of the first round. So, yeah, I think the additions over the offseason have extremely paid off. I mean, Matt Murray less so over the last little bit here, but he honestly has done better than anyone's expected coming in as for what he's played so far. Samsonov, even more so. He's been even more of a pleasant surprise. He's playing unbelievable. Uh, the only scary thing is, is that he has not signed, so that is a problem that the Leafs are going to have to deal with uh, hopefully soon, or something is going to have to go uh, happen with that, because it would be really awesome to have Samsonov uh, st- stick around, because he's been playing unbelievable this season. Yarncroke has been a good addition. Uh, though I, I still am concerned about the, the contract length, I uh, can't, can't really, can't say that he's been nothing but, uh, exactly what he was supposed to be. Honestly, he's been even better than that. So, uh, yeah, he was another really good addition. Connor Timmons coming in. He's been fantastic. Uh, the, the amount of points that he's been able to put up, that was a really good trade. Uh, God, where else do we go? Jordy Ben getting in there. I mean, Morgan Riley's been having a bit of a bit of a scary season right here uh, I hope that he can get it all back together and, and, and get back to Morgan Riley that we know and love because he's got a hell of a big extension coming up and I want him to uh 
to to be okay there. So um, that's been good. It looks like Lily Sandine taking another step. Leafs going through a lot of injury troubles. You know, missing Matthews, missing major parts of their defense all throughout, and they've been able to weather the storm in very impressive fashion. Defense has gotten even better this year. Team defense as a whole has gotten better. Uh, yeah, man, it's been impressive. Goal, goal, goals per game have come down, but I think it's the right decision. you got to start playing more like a playoff team. Being a crazy fast-paced goal-scoring team does not translate well to the playoffs. So I think the Leafs are playing a better style of hockey this year. Much, much better. John Tavares has been unbelievable. Willie, Willie's been unbelievable. Marner, unbelievable. Matthews. Even though he's not up to the goal-scoring capabilities that everyone wants him to be, he's been unbelievable. I mean, all they got to figure out is that left wing, second line, first line left wing spot. If they can add a Timo Meyer, if they could add whatever they're going to add, the Leafs are going to add something, they got to nail that ad. Whatever that ad's going to be, if it's going to be on the blue line, if it's going to be... It, it's, it could be more. It could be a forward and a D. It could be a forward D and defenseman. Regardless... Whatever that move is going to be, they got to fucking nail it. They got to nail it. We cannot have a Nick Felino situation on our hands where we get absolutely nothing out of that player. Not, not his fault. He had a bad back. It, it, things like that happen, but this year, they got to nail it. They got to get out of the second round. The way that they've been playing this year encourage me, encourages me to believe they will be closer than ever to accomplishing that goal this year. The only problem is is that Tampa Bay will be waiting for us there again. So we have that to look forward to. I think the Leafs are doing a very, very good job at preparing themselves for that. They're blocking more shots than ever, which I think was the big thing that kind of was missing from that series last year is that Tampa was so much better at blocking shots than, than Toronto was in that series last year. Uh, Toronto's stepping up. Matthews is literally was leading the league in, in shot blocking. So that's fucking unbelievable. So... I will give the Leafs a B plus. B plus. Uh, they can they can still get some things. We still got that problem with the the top six left wing left winger situation. It's it's not solidified. I mean, Yarn Croke had moments there. Is is Bunting really the guy you want up there on your top line left wing? He'd be much better suited on the second line. And um, yeah, so there's some things that the Leafs can do. Uh, they have the capabilities to do that now with a little bit of freed up space here. So they got to nail it. That's all I got to say. And then they got to nail the playoffs. So, yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, exactly. They're Tampa Bay, as always. Crushing it at home. Hedman's been a little bit off this year. But he, he's he's still Victor Hedman. He's going to shut you the fuck down in the playoffs. Vasilevsky's still playing fantastic. Stamkos is unbelievable. Braden Point, unbelievable. I mean, yeah, dude, they've um, they've done well. Like, can, even like even though that the team is slowly, you know, losing pieces from those cup winning teams year after year, they continue to to have the next man up mentality. They're crushing it that way. No matter who's up next, they always get it done. And yeah, man, even, even losing Ryan McDonough really doesn't seem to slow them down whatsoever. He was a major part of that shot-blocking mentality and all that great stuff. Sergeyev's taken the next level, even though he is uh, a very mean guy. <laughs> but uh, I like him. I like him. Yeah, yeah Tampa, B+. I mean, what, what can you say? With a team that's played that much extra hockey over they played more hockey than any team in the league over the last three years get the fuck out of here they just continue to 
roll. Just continued to roll. So very impressive from Tampa. Buffalo Sabres, fuck me sideways. What can I say about these guys? Uh, shooting way over their height limit right now. They're they're doing great. Uh, look at Tage Thompson, one of the most electric, fun players to watch in the league. Jeff Skinner is actually coming back from the dead right now. He's almost, almost worth his contract. Getting there, getting there. Darlene has has arrived. He's taken the next step. Owen Power looks like he is he's pl- playing in the NHL for 20 years. All their young guys seem to be taking steps. Uh, uh, what's his name? Cousins has been playing fantastic. Alexander Alex Tuck has been a revelation for that team. I think that was one of the best players to bring into that organization. He has completely just fucking revitalized that team. Uh, that Samuelson guy on defense, they locked him in long-term. He, that that guy looks like he is a major part of that team, and they got him locked in. They're, they're, they're locking in guys for what looks like really good future contracts. Uka Pekalukinen has the best name in the league, and he's been playing good. Looks like their goalie of the future. Craig Anderson continues to play at 97 years old and playing well. I mean, fuck. Uh, this team is fun. They're extremely fun to watch. I wish their fans would show up and support them if they can make the playoff. Like, I completely understand why they're not there. I mean, 11 years of, of, of bullshit, completely understandable. But if I was a Buffalo Sabre fan, I wouldn't want to be missing this. So I would be there supporting regardless. But um, if they make the playoffs, man, I mean, holy shit. Uh, I really uh, – what were the expectations for Buffalo this year? Just be better than they were last year, basically. And they're crushing that. They're hunting for the playoff spot. They're high, one of the highest-scoring teams in the league, if not the highest. Yeah, they really just – if they can – they have a shitload of cap space. They have a fuckload of cap space and assets they can use if they want to. I don't want them to get, like, too hyper and overshoot them, like, overshoot their shot or whatever and, like – you know what I mean? Like, uh, just grab a bunch of assets now, hoping that it'll work right now. Like, right now, they're just playing with house money. So, honestly, if they don't make a move, it wouldn't shock me. If they, they just want to kind of hang on with the way that they're going right now, save that money for Owen Power and Quinn, he, Quinn uh, whatever his name is, when when all those young contracts come up and they're, they're asking for money. So, what Buffalo is doing right now, this is great. Uh, there's a lot more that they can potentially do on the table here. So for now, I will give them a B. They've blown away expectations, doing way better than anyone's expected. The contract to Tage Thompson is a slam dunk, even though there were question marks around it. Looks great right now. He's playing unbelievable. So yeah, Buffalo having a great time right now, and it's going to be a fun road up until the playoffs. See how that goes for them. Florida Panthers, okay. Uh, another team with a really, really wild offseason. So they lose Mackenzie Wieger. They lose Huberto. They lose in the second round to their rivals, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they bring in Matty Kachuk. And, I mean, he's been amazing. Don't get me. He's been amazing. He's dominating over there. He's disgusting. Great player. Problem is, uh, I don't know. Maybe the coaching change wasn't a good idea. Paul Maurice, I don't know, man. Doesn't seem to be going so well. I think maybe they should have stayed with whatever guy they had after Quinville or whatever. He seemed to be doing just fine. And I understand what the Panthers are doing. They kind of want to do a little bit what the Leafs are doing. Like they were that high, high offense run and gun team. And when that comes to the playoffs, that'll only take you so far for the most part. So looks like they wanted to get a little bit grittier, a little bit more playoff edgy, adding Kachuk, losing Huberdeau. 
But I think uh, losing Uyghur as well did a little bit more damage than they were expecting. You got the, as expected, almost every year, the Ekblad injury, other injuries. I mean, Duclair's been out most of the season. Yeah, Barkov's missed a bit of quite a bit of time here and there. So, yeah, thankfully, Kachuk has been amazing. He's been fantastic. They got really awesome new re- reverse retro jerseys. That's really good. But I can't say that it's been anything but kind of disappointing so far. I mean, Broski, uh, Spencer Knight, mm, you know, mm, eh. I'm not comfy comfy with those situations just yet. So, yeah. I know Florida has been playing well lately, but up until this point, I'm going to give them a C. Uh, a little bit under expectations. They could still maybe make the playoffs, and they, they really, really need to make the playoffs because they don't have their first-round pick for the next century. So they're going to be wanting to make playoffs for the next few years, and they're going to be battling really hard if they can add stuff, which is going to be difficult for them because they're so cap-restrained. But yeah man it's uh not been the most ideal season for florida i think we all expected them to take a step back because i mean they kind of had to because they were so good last year but i don't think we're expecting this big of a of a fallback like basically a fallback out of the playoffs fallback but i know some people did but um maybe not me ottawa senators so i know expectations for the fan base was quite high Uh, i think maybe other people people around the league's expectations were a little bit more realistic uh myself included i had them making playoffs so my expectations for them were higher because i mean they added Giroux, they added to they added talbot uh yes their defense defensive core is questionable it's not the strongest uh, it's very young, and on um, yeah, I mean, you're one of your top defensive guys on your top pair is Zaitsev, and he's not even playing. Shabbat is 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 really good, but again, that defense looks uh, very young. And um, yeah, Deprincat took a minute to get there. He's putting up a lot of points now. Giroux looks like a match made in heaven. That's been a really good fit for for him and the team. Stutzla is taking another step. Sadly, they lost Norris for the whole season. That that really really hurt them. But again, if they if they're resting their whole entire season on Norris not being there, then I don't think you were a team ready to make the playoffs, especially in this Atlantic Division, this Eastern Conference. I mean, it's it's so tight. If Josh Norris not being in there was going to ruin your whole season, look at the Leafs. They've had not had Matthews in there, and they're doing just fine. You need to be a team that, if you're going to lose a major top six player, major top four defenseman, a goaltender even sometimes, got to be able to weather that storm. If you can't, then maybe you're not as deep as you think you are. So the Ottawa Senators maybe are not as deep as they thought they were. They, um, they're missing a couple players. I mean, maybe Pinto didn't take that next step that people were expecting fully. And, um, maybe what was that? The younger defense Sanderson, Jake Sanderson, maybe he, he didn't take that jump just yet. Again, defensemen, they take a minute. So it might be another year, maybe two years before you see, uh, what Sanderson is fully made of, fully capable of. You're looking at Darlene right now. Yeah. He came into the league looking really, really good, but look what he's doing now, four years later just saying so yeah ottawa it has been disappointing rightfully so uh i'll give them a c minus uh the ryan reynolds thing that's been a lot of fun i think they're uh the league and the senators everyone's doing well with that keep ryan reynolds in there he wants in you gotta i'm I'm happy that they're welcoming him in so that's good Uh, just get that all settled with get a new arena then then we can maybe start talking about some actual success on the ice maybe when all that bullshit on the outside is done but for right now, yeah, it's just another missed 
season for the Sens, sadly. But again, we'll say the thing that we said last year. Maybe next year, Sens fans. Detroit Red Wings. So, um, yeah, kind of in the same boat as um, as the Ottawa Senators. They got a fairly young defense right there. I mean, Cider kind of suffering a little bit from the sophomore slump. Uh, it happens. It's. I mean, teams are going to start focusing, focusing on him. I mean, last year was his first year. Teams don't know all that much about him. He was fucking rocking it. And now teams have the scouting report on him. They're going to focus in on him more because they realize that He's kind of he's a little bit the straw that stirs the drink in Detroit. So if you can bend that straw a little bit or something, then the drink isn't going to start flowing so well. So if they can cut off cider, you cut off the head of Detroit a little bit. So kind of seems like maybe that's what's been going down with Detroit. Uh, some of the additions for Detroit in the offseason have been good, but didn't look like it was enough necessarily to get him to that next level. David Perron, I mean, I love that guy. Great addition. Uh, he's been up and down you know he's uh he's he's not very very consistent there right now but eh Billy Huso's been just dandy he's been playing fine um maybe yes I feel like they wanted more out of Andrew Kopp I believe that's where he is in Detroit I think yeah you would have wanted more out of Andrew Kopp this season but um yeah it's been a little bit uh underwhelming for Detroit I know they were in the hunt for pretty much like almost the whole first half of the season they were kind of in that hunt even though you know a lot of fans were like hey you're you're never gonna catch Boston Tampa or Toronto and um yeah honestly they've kind of fallen out of that they're now under Ottawa they're they're under Buffalo so um yeah, that kind of sucks. I was I'm rooting for teams like this. I, I like to see these young teams come out of rebuilds. It's really really fun. Uh, look at Buffalo. Like once the success starts coming with these young teams, it's a ton of fun. It's a lot of fun. 2016 Leafs. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, it hasn't been uh, immensely fun for Detroit. I mean, they're still waiting on some of the younger guys. Uh, Edvidson, I believe that young defenseman. They're still waiting on that. Um, Ooh, that one guy that they drafted, uh, not Raymond. He's been doing pretty good this year as well. Um, fuck, I can't remember his name. I think they drafted him like sixth overall or something. He's a forward, and uh, yeah, he still hasn't uh, hit that next stride, and uh, that's that's too bad. It looks like I don't know what the story is going to be with Dylan Strom. Is he's going to be here next year or not? Uh, that's a big question mark for the for the Red Wings for sure. So, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give him a C. C minus maybe because I want to. There you go. How's how's that sound? Because it felt like it. Um, I like their additions. I just don't think. I think it's just they gotta wait. I think they gotta wait for that for that next step of that young guys to come into the lineup. Maybe add some more on defense. That would be good. Looks like the goaltending might be good enough. Um, I mean, Husto is pretty darn good, but yeah, Detroit disappointing season. Yes, but uh, their their time will come. I think Montreal Canadiens. Okay, so I mean, uh, expectations were pretty low for them. I would have to think. And um, the good thing is, is that uh, the young kids were having fun this year. It seemed that the team was having fun. Arbor Jackeye was a ton of fun. Really fun story uh, for that guy. He seems like a really, really fun guy to have around on the team. Seems beloved. Um, Suzuki. Uh, started out unbelievable has definitely cooled down since and now that Cole Caulfield's out yeah the season's pretty much tanked now uh, excuse me but um, I think I mean there's other good things I mean Montembeau has shown flashes that he could be a pretty good NHL goaltender so um, 
that that's pretty good uh only the only time he doesn't show that is when i pick him up in fantasy so as long as i don't touch him he'll be just fine and uh i'll i'll try my best montreal fans to not pick him up anymore so that he'll continue to play well and um yeah man it's uh, it's definitely going to be a situation for the habs they're they're gonna have to um it's gonna be a minute i think uh they, they still have a ways to go there's a lot, I think, more they can do with trades. I think they can move off of some guys on that team. Uh, they, I think they need to start trying to add. I mean, it's really good that they got that Florida first. I mean, the the Ben Sherratt trade uh, could, who knows, maybe it gets them Connor Bedard, and then, boom, instantly you're an A+. But for right now, it's been kind of eh. They haven't really done anything, I don't recall, that has been all that great. So I'm just going to give them a C-. They can do... I think they should definitely start looking into doing some trades, uh, maybe taking on a bad contract or two. Who knows? They they got they should try and bring in some more picks and assets. That would be good. All right, so that's um, that's the Atlantic. There you go, and we just have the Metro to go. Okay, Carolina. So they've been doing really fucking well. Uh, goaltending story has been. Uh, uh, it went the way that we all knew it was going to do. Ranta got hurt. Freddie Anderson got hurt. Who didn't see that coming? But then Kachekov comes up, and he appears to be better than both of those goalies. So they got an ace in their sleeve right there with that goalie. Uh, the goaltending now is back, healed up, as far as I can tell, unless Ranta's hurt again. But Anderson's back and playing. He's playing well. They added Pacioretty in the offseason. Sadly, that's... You know, easy come, easy go. They didn't pay anything basically to get him, and sadly, he's he's uh, not going to be able to play for him for for injury reasons. So that sucks. But Brett Burns has been a revelation for them. He's been fantastic, and according to the coach Rod Brindamore, man, he truly believes that Brett Burns, uh, the way that he takes care of himself in the off season and and holds himself as a professional, he's got a lot more time left in the league, and he's 37 years old. So. He's still playing very well, and that has been a fantastic addition for their blue line. He's adding in a lot of extra offense, which is great. Cockton Yemi, I mean, it still kind of seems like he's still developing, still trying to find his way. Uh, Svechnikov, I was still hoping I could see that 50-goal season out of him this year. Probably not. He hasn't scored a goal in like four, four fucking months or some shit. He's been absolutely snake bit, but still a great player. Ajo, still great, uh, but they still kind of lack that truly elite elite superstar i mean they got a lot of really really good players but do they have that franchise elite amazing superstar maybe marty nachas can turn into that he's been fucking lighting it up this season playing great but they do honestly lack that superstar but you don't have to necessarily have that superstar when you have a team this deep as as the Carolinas do, I mean, their defense is unbelievable. One of the best defensive cores in the league, if not the best. Uh, Slavin, Pesci, Shea, Brett Burns. I mean, fuck, dude. They have so many good defensemen over there. Definitely a juggernaut team. A team uh, very much so in contention, contention for the Stanley Cup this year. Team to watch, for sure. I will give them a B plus. I mean, they're doing just dandy, doing very well. Uh, they can turn that into an A if they nail whatever they're going to add at the deadline, whatever that Pacioretty replacement is going to be. They nail that, they'll get an A. New Jersey Devils, I mean, the, the surprise of the season, arguably, uh, with uh, that start, that unbelievable winning streak, Jack Hughes emerging as a bonafide superstar he playing great jesper bratt being just stupid so good 
defense finally looks like it's well not finally but their defense is taking another step Dougie Hamilton really good addition to their blue line obviously Marino has been an unbelievable addition Segan Haller has been a great addition to their blue line and then the goaltending uh Vanacek Yes, yes. I mean, thank you, Washington. Um, I don't think he's playing as well as Samsonov as or whatever, but still, they're getting the goaltending that they desperately have been asking for for the last couple of years, and it looks like they were right. It looks like they really just needed some some quality, average goaltending, and they were going to be a team to to not fuck with, and they definitely look like that right now. They got a nice squad right there. I don't know what necessarily they should add at the deadline or anything like that because i i honestly don't know 100 what their cap situation is i'm not gonna lie but they are crushing expectations this year I, tons of people had them still bottom feeders of the league look at them here they got a, a 700 points percentage 33 wins in 50 games i mean they're doing fantastic i have to give them hmm New coaches. Did they get a new coach? Was Lindy new? Or, uh, whatever. Lindy has done fantastic. I'll give him a A minus. A minus for crushing expectations. Uh, getting. It looks like the additions that they made have been bangers. I mean, their defense has improved so much overnight. The goaltending's been way better. So good job, New Jersey. Good job. New York Rangers. All right. So added some guys i mean they got trochik in there that was good they they lost cops so they lost some of the guys that they they um brought in for rentals which is fine it looks like they they plugged those holes up good enough uh depth wise they look fantastic uh looks like now that that young line is starting to come around especially heedle he as of right now is on an absolute goal scoring heater he is destroying right now he's got like seven goals in his last five games or something like that he's on fire Kako has been playing pretty darn good lately so is Lafreniere so I know that they haven't necessarily taken that step that everyone would expect for a first overall player but I mean the guy is kind of like playing like third line minutes right so yeah I mean Zabinajad's doing great Panarin is Panarin I mean maybe a little bit under what Panarin usually does but still Panarin so Shurkin start off Started off a little bit shaky, but he settled in very nicely. Looks looks right in Vesna form again. Halak has stepped up, started putting up some wins. So that's really nice. Defense looks great. I mean, Keandre Miller is unbelievable. Truba still destroying bitches out there. Um, they went through a little bit of funk there, the Rangers, and then Truba like threw his helmet down, screamed at them on the ice, and then ever since then they've been really really good. So um, yeah, expectations coming in for the Rangers were quite high after their really good run in the playoffs. So I'll, I'll say they're they're staying the course. I'll give them a B, doing quite fine. Washington Capitals. Oh yeah, we got the the OV team, and again, this is another team that was devastated by injuries. They had no Wilson, they had no Backstrom, two of their best offensive players right there out for the beginning of the season. They only just recently got him back, and I think Wilson is out again. So yeah, I mean Wilson is there is like a huge wild card for them. He is a very important piece, and they have not had him, and they played well. I mean. They, uh, especially like they had a really good stretch, uh, not too long ago, uh, kind of up and down throughout. So it's, it's pretty, you know, uh, expected what they were going to do. I don't think I had them making playoffs, but I think they're doing better than I expected considering they completely shifted on goaltending, got rid of all the goaltending, brought in Kemper. He's been good. And uh, honestly, you know, their defense isn't really anything all that great. Their defense is kind of scary looking. They got nobody signed 
through next year other than Carlson, I believe. So, yeah, next year is going to be really interesting for the for the Capitals to see what their defense is going to look like next year. Uh, regardless, uh, they got some people on that team that maybe they want to move off from. And looking at Mantha, maybe they want to move off of him. I do. Did they not bring in? Um, they brought in Connor Brown, I do believe, and sadly his his season got ended. But I still love that move for them. He's an amazing player. It's just unfortunately he got hurt. I think that's a great addition for them. He's an amazing little player. The Ovi story continues to be unreal. I mean, what can you say? Ovi has been such a treasure, such a treat to the NHL. I mean, my God. But overall, I mean, honestly, the team is, I would say they would be the first to admit they've maybe underperformed their own expectations. So I'll give them a C. Just, just you know, there, there's some moves that I think they can do to try and improve. But uh, I don't know. It looks like they just want to go with uh, the motivation of, of Ovechkin and the team that they have. And they're just going to run with it. So, yeah, Capital has been kind of steady doing better lately. I'm rooting. I would, of course, I would love for them to make playoffs because Ovechkin of course. And the other, their counterpart, Pittsburgh Penguins, kind of in a very similar boat this year. Uh, Underperforming, I would have to say. Questionable moves in the offseason, extending Latang and Malkin for the amount of years and money. I mean, I don't, I can't see that going well. Crosby's still Crosby's fantastic. Goaltending's been (coughs) hit and miss. I mean, Jari's played pretty well, but when he's not in there, it's, it's not very good. Defense has been a real problem for them this year. Uh, like more questionable moves there. I mean, uh, kind of going, kind of going older instead of younger. They brought in Petrie, which mm, I don't know about that. They got rid of Marino, who I mean, look at how good he's playing over there in New Jersey right now. They brought in um, that guy from New Jersey, and I don't even think he's made the team. So yeah, some I feel like a lot of the moves that they made in the offseason hadn't really done. Uh, much good for the Penguins. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and give them a C-. minus. I think they're a little bit worse off than the Capitals. And, uh, yeah, they're they're very, they're very in the very similar boats right now. I mean, you've got absolute legends on that team that are really, really hard to, to bet against that they won't make it. But uh, especially the Pens right now, man, they're really fighting it. I mean, at least the Washington Capitals recently have, have shown a pulse, a pretty good pulse, in fact. But... Penguins, man, they have, yeah, they've been kind of struggling with it, uh, inconsistencies for basically the whole season. So yeah, it's not been, not been ideal for the Penguins and we might see the first playoff miss for the Pens in a very, very long time. I believe the first time since for Crosby's career, quite possibly New York Islanders, the ones that just brought in Bo Horvat. I mean, uh, big move for them. Can't really say for sure if that's necessarily the smartest move for them, uh, they did absolutely nothing in the offseason, at least addition-wise. Not that they didn't try. They just didn't get anything that they were after. So that's uh, that sucks. Uh, extensions for Barzell. I mean, I, I'm fine with it. But again, Barzell just... Um, a lot of people are on him because he just doesn't score goals and stuff, but that's really never been his fucking thing. Only the first year in the league, he put up like 25 goals or something. Everyone's like, oh, this guy's an amazing goal scorer. It's like, yeah, he's a really good passer though. Uh, Sorokin has been uh, unbelievable for them. Kind of one of the main reasons why they're still in the fight is Sorokin, arguably top three, top four goaltender in the league. He's unbelievable. 
And um, yeah, man, they're an old team, very old team, not getting any younger. I don't like the way that they're they're not utilizing any of the young guys on there. I mean, Wallstrom should be a, a, a goal scorer by now. He should be scoring goals. He just he really hasn't cracked in the lineup over there. Uh, they struggle with that, man. It's definitely not a team that benefits young players, I would say. It's not really a... <coughs> A place I would want to play if I was a young player, I would say. Um, I don't know, man. You look at that team. It's old. Getting older. They added Horvat. Another eight years. He's 28. Can't see that going down very well in the long run for them. So I'll give them a D plus because I just I don't like what they did in the offseason, which was basically nothing. I'm not huge on the Bull Horvat uh, trade. I understand completely why they did it. it. I know why they did it, but... It's just one of those decisions decisions that I just don't think it's going to benefit them in the long run or could even be in the short run. This could fuck them over big. So, yeah, I, I don't like what the Islanders have been doing. The Philadelphia Flyers, I mean, uh, oh boy, they're they're really fighting it. They're a team that kind of was fighting the rebuild. They brought in Tortorella to try and fix the whole fucking mentality of this team because it's completely shot. Uh, lots of problems going on there with the Provorov stuff, the Kevin Hayes benchings and all that baloney. But I think all in all, man, I mean, Tortorella's kind of rejuvenalized Carter Hart, which I think he's quite honestly the most important part of that team. I mean, if you can get that guy confident in his abilities, I mean, Carter Hart could be one of the best goaltenders in the league, and he's playing really good, honestly. The last couple seasons, I'd say he's been pr- pretty darn good. This season, even more so, he's been pretty gar- pretty darn good. And the Flyers, honestly, have surprised some teams. I think they're putting up more wins than I expected. I expected a complete and utter shit show. And, I mean, it has been at times, but at other times, it's actually shown stability and that the Tortorella thing is actually working. So... Uh, they're a really hard team to grade. I think I'm just going to chicken out and just go with like a C minus because, I mean, there's there's some of those weird moves that they did, like the Delorier extension. Like, I kind of understand it because if you're going to be a shitty team or something like that, you're going to want a guy on your team that's not just going to let you guys get pushed over and Delorier is that guy. He, like, you're, you're not going to fuck with the Flyers if Delorier's on out there. So uh, I, I kind of understand why he's there. I just don't know why you throw four years at him. It's just not necessary. But anyway, uh, Flyers, I mean, Konechny has had an unbelievable season. He's fucking lighting it up. Hayes has been good. And Provorov looks like he's probably going to get traded. And um, signing D'Angelo, what, why? I just... There's so many weird things that the Flyers have done. Fuck it. I'll give them a D plus because I just, I really, really don't know what they're trying to be at this point other than Tortorello just trying to fix the the locker room, I guess. But um, yeah, really, really weird season for the Flyers, I would say. But at least Carter Hart looks like he he's not done, you know? Like at points there, I thought like, fuck man, they've ruined this guy's career, but it looks like he's rebounding. So that's good. Columbus Blue Jackets, so this this is a big old disappointing uh, team right here. They had some expectations coming in, signing Johnny Goudreau. That was big, big, big news and all that stuff. Oh, this team's going to be amazing. Merce Lickens is going to have a big old bounce back season. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Their young new centers and that Kent Johnson, oh, he's going to be legit. And um, 
Yeah, kind of none of that. Kind of none of that. None of that has happened. Whereas Lickens has been worse than last year, which sucks because I was banking hard on him bouncing back good this year. Goudreau has been fine, but he has not been, he has not fixed that team or or made that team all that much more better because they don't have a fucking center to play with them. Patrick Laine has been in and out of the lineup. He's, you know, Patrick Laine, kind of in, inconsistent, but at times he shows that pure dominance that you're like, fuck, man, if you can just hone that in, man, you can be an unbelievable player, but just doesn't have it. There's that young um, young player on their team. I think his name starts with an M. He's got like 13 goals and zero assists. So he's like kind of becoming like uh, just a pure goal scorer. <laughs> no assists. So he's kind of fun. Uh, Wierenski, I mean, yeah, he's locked in. But he's kind of had a nightmare season. Injuries and all that shit. Yeah, it's just, overall, it's just been a nightmare for, for Columbus. I'm giving him a D-. Uh, they got to start making some moves here. Um, maybe move off of some some players there. I honestly don't even... I have no idea who the hell's even over there anymore, man. Columbus is probably the most underreported team in the league. Uh, the, the, and, uh, except for when they signed Goudreau, they were like the most overreported team for a hot second there. That must have been nice for them. But yeah, man, I don't hear a fucking thing about Columbus other than that they suck ass. But I mean, I was kind of rooting for them. I, I, I like them because they're always an underdog team. They're always an underdog team. They always have low expectations, but... Even this year, I think, even though the expectations were pretty low, uh, they they went even underneath that, which is very, very disappointing. So, hence why the low grade for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, there you go, everybody. There is your mid-season uh, kind of report card situation. Uh, the one... Uh, fuck division that i didn't do on this episode was on last episode so you can go check back the previous gx hockey cast if you want to hear the grading for for the um pacific and uh yeah man there you go so hope you guys are having a good week i know it's hump day well actually it's not hump day because i'm a psychopath and didn't do my podcast on wednesday i'll apologize for that now an hour and a half into the podcast because honestly yesterday it was just one of those fucking days when you wake up and everything's off it's just one of those days something was off i asked my wife i'm like is it a full moon tonight or something because it's just one of those days something was wrong man something was wrong i was in a funk i was in a mood and I didn't want to record. I was like, I don't want to project bad energy out into the world. I'll just, I'll just fucking deal with my weird day. It was a weird day yesterday, but it was a fine day. It's just one of those days where you just feel like I'm not big on like, you know, fucking, uh, I don't know, energies and stuff. But like, yeah, yesterday was one of those just weird days, man. Weird day. Anyway, it's a more normal day today. Uh, sorry, I didn't get to say anything for your hump day, but you made it past your hump day. You're almost at the weekend, motherfuckers. You're so close. This is my last day of work, so I'm, I'm getting ready for work right now. I better get going before I, I'm late and I'm fired. Anyway, um, have yourselves a fantastic day. I hope this podcast helps you get through it just a little bit better and all that great stuff. You can follow me on Twitter and all that great stuff. Links are down below. You can go check out my YouTube channel. Double uploads on Saturdays. Every other day uploads after that. Five episodes per week. I'm playing The Wolf Among Us over there right now. You can go over there f- having a fun little let's play with that. Just finished up until dawn. Tons of content from this guy over here 
here. So follow along. Send me an email. Let me know what you think of the shows, what I can do with them. If you want to talk hockey, video games, or wrestling with me, you have a question for the podcast, send it in. I will I will answer it live on the podcast if you want me to. If you don't want me to, just say so, and I'll just answer it privately with you. We can have our own conversation. But if you want to get involved, you want to have your voice heard on this podcast, be my guest. Send me an email. Hit me up on Twitter. Do whatever you want. Got a question? I'll answer it. I'll do my best to answer it. There you go. So enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. I am out of here, and we will be. We got the Leafs. The Leafs are going to play hockey. It's Friday and Saturday. They're both against Columbus. So, yep, I am super duper excited for that one. Oh, yeah.